Hello there. Hello there. Hello, what have we here? Hello there, and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me for another new episode of Daniel Talks About Star Wars, the show where I do exactly as that name suggests. My name is Daniel, and I'll tell you what, I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> I've been really excited to sit down and do this again. It was uh, quite an interesting experience, kind of. I mean, it's not the first time I did a commentary, by any means. Um, last episode, when we watched the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett together. But it's something... Uh, there was just something about it uh, last time, where I could actually feel the kind of... Almost the sort of the benefit of, of doing something like this. I can finally see <laughs> why people do... Uh, reaction channels and stuff like that on youtube because actually sitting down and watching the episode uh you know for the first time my genuine reaction to it and actually having to sit here and actually kind of articulate my thoughts and feelings as i watched it fold out live in front of me sort of doing it that way got me sort of more excited about it like the feeling of doing this and and watching it sort of the combination of those things together just like made it a really enjoyable experience and so I've actually been really looking forward to doing this again and not even because I'm necessarily super excited for the next episode although you know I am interested to see how it unfolds but yeah just the idea of doing this again just really kind of I was excited to do it and uh, I'm happy to be here now this is uh, all I've been really thinking about at work today doing this uh but you know i, I actually am uh quite excited to, ch to check out this new episode as well because i was just thinking today as well you know like i really have no idea what's gonna happen in this show and to be fair i'm sure that's the same for everyone i don't know that they've revealed much in the marketing but all i ever really saw was the first trailer that came out i think for this show and then like that's the only thing i've seen and from what I can remember from that trailer, that was all footage from the first episode. So I really have no idea. You know, I've not been watching any of the TV spots or any of the featurettes that they've, they've released, anything like that. Which is something I kind of intend to do moving forward because I've always been so big on, you know, so quick to uh, check out a new trailer or, you know, just get eat up everything that I can, you know, just out of pure excitement and curiosity, particularly when it comes to Star Wars. But... I don't think I'm going to do that so much anymore. I'm trying my best not to really indulge so much in trailers and stuff like that because I want to I want to be surprised, you know? Um and I want to not know what to expect if that made sense. Yeah, and that was kind of like the final step I think in in kind of making sure that happens for me because I'm I'm, you know, it's been a long time now since uh I was on any social media, so, and on Twitter especially, I used to get an awful lot of, you know, leaks and stuff come through. I would inevitably see people's opinions on things that may or may not be happening in upcoming, you know, whatever, and not just uh, Star Wars, but, you know, any other big properties, you know, Marvel, you name it. And honestly, I think it was all the stuff that came out about um, Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, like a year even, maybe more, before the film even came out, you know, all these things where it's like, when I ultimately saw the film, none of it was really much of a surprise, and I feel like, whatever my feelings on that film may be, uh, <laughs> let's just say I'm in the minority, you know, regardless of that, I feel like 
actually going into that film not knowing all the stuff that I sort of knew slash strongly suspected was coming. Not knowing that would have definitely enhanced my experience, I think. But anyway, I've gone off on a tangent already when I really was planning to just get straight into it. So <laughs> here we are, The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 2. I'm very excited to actually watch this in a comfortable place and sort of watch it in a way that isn't detrimental to my viewing experience because a lot of the time as well sort of <laughs> feeding into that idea of how I just very quickly like I needed to watch whatever was out you know I what I used to do was just to watch these on and when I say used to I mean like Mandalorian I've done it for a few of the Marvel shows as well I used to just sit in my car on my lunch break at work and watch it then on my phone and that was how I would watch a lot of the episodes of the Mandalorian you know, one division, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I um, I I was usually able to squeeze them in, but you know, it was actually kind of the anticipation that I felt at work today was like, oh, can't wait to get home and sort of tune into the new episode of Boba Fett. It was quite a nice feeling. And just before I do properly get stuck into it today, this of course will be an audio commentary for Chapter Two of the Book of Boba Fett. But stick around to the end as well because I've got some. Uh, some thoughts and feelings to share. We're going to do some exploration of some new information that's come out about the next phase of the High Republic today, which I'm really interested in talking about. So yeah, but I'm going to go with the commentary first because I figure that's what's in the title of the episode. So if anyone's coming here for anything, it's to tune into the commentary and not to talk about the High Republic. So I'll save that for the end. But yeah, for now, let's crack on with this commentary. The exciting thing is as well, I don't even know what the uh, chapter is called yet because they don't put the titles on Disney Plus yet, which I am quite happy about. So I'm going to find out what the title is live. <laughs> Not that it's an especially big deal, but still exciting stuff. This episode is 52 minutes and 32 seconds long, including all the credits. So it's probably a bit closer to 45 minutes, but still that's quite a substantial amount bigger or longer, I should say, than the first episode, so that's interesting. But anyway, yes, I have it lined up on Disney Plus at 0 hours, 0 minutes, and 0 seconds. 52.32 remaining. I'm going to count down from 3, and when I say go, that's when we'll all press play and enjoy some Boba Fett. So, without further ado, 3, 2, 1, go. We do have a recap, which I'm not going to skip. <laughs> I'll be interested to see how uh, how much or how many flashbacks we get in this episode. I wonder if they'll be as prevalent throughout the rest of the show as they were in the pilot. I think it also turns out that I didn't know who that Twi'lek actor was, because I did some IMDBing after the first episode, and uh, I thought I recognised his voice at the time, but I don't think I do, so that was a mistake on my part.
No, now we get the intro with this film. I was almost hoping that they did the uh, they included the Lucasfilm logo, the version of it that um I think was prevalent in some of the trailers for this show where they did give it the kind of Boba Fett color scheme. I guess that was the last that we saw of this, of the present day events. Yeah, what's Fennec capturing that guy? Oh, well, Bob of getting back into the back to tank, but yeah, we didn't actually see what came of that. But we're seeing it now. You wouldn't, Boba Fett. You're a hero now. Nightwind. Are we going to see the rank? Oh no, the rankle's dead. What am I saying? <laughs> Jesus. I very nearly gave away <laughs> my uh, my right to call myself a Star Wars fan for a moment there. Unless there's another rancor. That would be interesting. Ah, oh, they were bluffing. So the mayor was not pleased about Boba Fett's not giving him some kind of tribute or gift. The tribes of Tatooine. Nice. I'm very happy that these <laughs> titles are a bit more interesting than what we got. In the Mandalorian. The tribes of Tatooine. Very interesting. So the mayor was out to kill Boba. Trandoshans. Nice. Always a pleasure. Many Trandoshans it seems.
I do love the way Tamar Morrison says Boba Fett. Boba Fett. He has a way of drawing out his words. <laughs> Who is this man? Oh, he's an Ithorian! Oh, that is very... I love that. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but these guys are my favourite species in all of Star Wars. I just... I love them. And I think this is the first time we've ever seen... One in live action that has the, uh, I don't know what to call it, but like the interpreting machine, the translator on him. That's cool. That's great, look at that. And the way he says Tatooine, Tatooine. <laughs> I love it. So, the mayor didn't send the Nightwind assassin. And I think he's telling the truth. Go to Garza's sanctuary. Ah, oh, we get to see uh, Madame Garza again. Garza's Thwip, who was a character I very much enjoyed from the first episode. I liked her a lot. I thought she had a great presence. There's Max Rebo again. And it, it has been confirmed since, I believe it was in the credits of the first episode, it is Max Rebo, not just another of his species. There she is, Gus of Whip. I looked up this actress as well, because she was vaguely familiar to me. But um, I've never seen her in, in anything before I found out 
But uh, I did find out that we, sh me and this actress, um, share the same birthday. Although not the same year. She was born in 1963, which means she is currently 58 years old. And uh, she's looking good for it. What can I say? Man, I actually, because I was talking there, I did miss <laughs> what was said. But there are some foreboding drums playing. I believe these twins that were just mentioned may be approaching, who I do not know who they are, but I feel like we're about to find out. Oh my goodness me, it's a hut. It's two huts. That is quite a surprise. <laughs> God, look how they're weighing down that thing. Speaking her teas. That's interesting. Never seen that little device before. Daimyo as well. That was a a term from the first episode that I'd never heard before, but I'm not sure if it's new or not. Oh my goodness me, a Wookiee. These these guys about to fight. A black haired Wookiee as well. He looks cool. Why are Hutt's always doing weird things with little creatures? <laughs> it's like rubbing that little guinea pig all over him. The sister appears to be quite a soft-spoken hut. <laughs> that was cool. Although, I mean, they're leaving now, but those two have got to fight at some point in this episode, surely. Like Chekhov's Wookiee, you know? 
If you see a Wookiee in the first act, he needs to tear off someone's arms by the third. Hmm, permission from who? Okay, he's in the back to tank again, so I'm guessing that means... Flashback time. So they're teaching him their ways, it seems. I guess everything he did last episode was enough for him to be accepted. Killing that strange, that strange creature. I feel it's very Star Wars to have someone wearing like that. A totally unflattering jumpsuit like that. That, you know, looks a bit not very good. It just screams original trilogy. Where there were some things that were just like, you know, Kind of a bit lame <laughs> in that respect, but I love it. Hmm, what's coming? Is it a crate dragon? Oh, is it a crate dragon? It would make sense. They have the assets from the last season of The Mandalorian. Engine roaring in distance. Oh, no. It's like a train. <gasps> they shot a banter. Oh, that's very interesting. Never seen anything like that before. It's like this multi-carriage 
transport moving across the sand. Looks like a train. That's cool. Are they pike? Oh, he's not happy about that. Oh, okay. This is very Attack of the Clones vibes. Carrying the body like that. It's very interesting to see it from another perspective. You know, you can imagine that this is what the Tuscans did after Anakin had... Uh, was done with them after he killed every single one of them the men, the women and the children too some speeders or swoop bikes, perhaps. I must say, I've never truly known the difference. Not speeders, speed bike, speeder bike, like what you see in Return of the Jedi. He's learned a bit of uh, sign language. So he's saying he's going to go and take care of these guys single-handedly. That is something I want to see. Oh, he's going. I don't know. If I was him, I would have asked for some uh, new clothes by now. Some nice robes, you know. Not just this tatty jumpsuit. For, there was a brief moment in my mind then that flashed where I was like, oh my god, is that supposed to be Han Solo? <laughs> what an idiot am I? It was the jacket that did it. So these are the guys from uh, last week. This uh, biker gang. Complete with leather jackets. Is it leather? Looks a bit leathery. Hold on. The subtitles there said Cami. which I'm sure was one of Luke's friends from those A New Hope deleted scenes. I'm sure of it. 
Was that supposed to be one of his friends too? The guy that I thought was handsome for a minute? Oh, Boba, come on. Mess them up. Yes, this is what I want from this show. I just want to see Tamara Morrison go off. Were these the guys that did it, though? Or is he just looking for some information about the train? Did we see the train parked outside? I missed that if we did. I guess these are the guys. Are they speeder bikes or swoop bikes? They look like speeder bikes in my unprofessional opinion. No, so he's just on his way to the train now. Oh my goodness me, he's taking them all. Don't shoot, it's Boba. Oh, they're destroying them. What? <laughs> so now he's going to give something back to them. He's going to show them a thing or two.
He's just going to shoot off. He looks so proud. They're jumping like, just like in Return of the Jedi. Is that like a special speeder bike move that you have to learn? Being able to hop between two? I like the music here. Oh. Ah, oh, nearly. I thought he would. I thought he did disarm the uh, the chief then. Not yet. Oh, maybe he's about to. <laughs> Train's coming back. All right. I hope nothing happens to that child. Alright, let's take care of this train. Yeah, that's definitely Pike. Are they all Pike, though? Oh, not the Banther again. They really need to get these Banthers in uh, more covered areas. Oh no, that's one of the speeder bikes done. 
Yeah, I think they are all Pike. So is this part of the syndicate? The Pike syndicate? Needs to get off that thing, it's gonna blow. This is very uh, solo at the moment, that um, revolving train heist on that ice planet. The way they're using those hatches for cover and everything. Oh, cool. I love that. Nice. I think I'm realizing now that this Tuscan, who has sort of been training him to fight, is not the chief. I think they're different characters. Oh no. Look at all those wild banther. Banthers? Banther. I don't know what the plural is. I'm starting to get the feeling, because Boba's using that sort of plain gaffy stick, I've got a feeling that his pal is going to die. Maybe not in this episode, but at some point, and he'll, uh, He'll take on his gaffy stick, because that's exactly the same one that he had in the Mandalorian. That darker coloured one with the blade on it, and uh... Yeah, that's my prediction right now. That Tuscan is gonna die, his little Tuscan mate. Ah, oh, just jab it with something. Yeah. <laughs> 
You did it. Oh, got a bit of loot as well. Blasters. Wow, he's really like... <laughs> he's uh, introducing them to a lot of new technology. Oh, I've got some of the pikes unmasked as well. This is interesting though, this is kind of uh... There's like a hint for later on, sort of seeing Boba in this position when it becomes Diamo or however the hell you pronounce it. I've gotta say that uh, Pike prosthetic, the animatronic is not too convincing, I will admit, when he speaks. Which I know is true of a lot of things in Star Wars. Hell yeah, Boba. Yeah, I'm really noticing the way that Tamara Morrison delivers his lines. Like, he always does like an exhale. A little grunt after he speaks. We will give you some black melons. That's a lot of water. He's uh, really ingratiating himself into these, to this Tuscan clan. Oh no, we're about to get some kind of hold on. I'm reading subtitles now. <laughs>
Is it going to be some new clothes? What the hell is that? It's a little lizard. Oh my goodness me, the lizard is going inside his nose. What the hell? It will guide you from inside your head. Oh. Oh, it is going to be one of these scenes. I thought this was going to be like a weird, like, drug-taking... <laughs> have visions of the future or something like that scene. <laughs> this is a bit different, though. Oh, no. What's he going to see? He's in his armor. Oh. It's old armor. Goodness me. Those waves remind me very much of Camino. There's a tree. Eyes of red. Oh, no. Oh, Camino. Oh. oh, my goodness me. Little boy Boba. Very interesting. That definitely felt like a uh, kind of rebirth, I think. It's like it's going to set you on this new path, you know. Who is that in the distance? Oh, it's just Boba. Oh. Oh, he like... He physically went somewhere? That's very interesting. But has he still got that lizard inside him? That's what I want to know. That is very strange. How many how many noses has that lizard crawled inside? 
Very interesting. Or I wonder if that's... Are they going to make his gaffy stick out of that branch? Was my theory early, earlier completely incorrect? I reckon they're going to make him a gaffy stick. Part of some kind of initiation, I guess. A rite of passage. Is he going to get some new clothes, finally? Oh my goodness me. It's all happening. Yeah, this is definitely... Uh, you are one of us now. Quite similar as well to the uh, armoring up scene from the first episode. It's quite beautiful, actually. Which sort of makes sense as well, I guess, if he sort of continues to wear at least some of these clothes under his armour now. If it kind of means something to him. It's very interesting. It's so nice to see uh, some like Tuscan culture as well. Oh, he's got to make his own gaffy stick. Nice. Gotta say, if it turns out to be the one from, uh, yeah, from the Mandalorian, he does a pretty cracking job for a first time. Because it looks exactly like that other dude's. Oh, it is quite different, actually. <laughs> Look at that. It doesn't get a cool mask, though. You must remain with your bald head <laughs> and severely scarred face.
Oh, now they're about to face off. Oh no, it's more like a dance. Oh, very interesting. This is great. I love this. That's cool. Directed by Steph Green. Oh, I don't know that name. That's a new one for uh, for these uh, Star Wars shows. And that's the end of the episode. I really enjoyed that. That was great. Seeing all that Tuscan stuff at the end there. Taking the time to really go through it all. Yeah, that was really interesting. It's a shame, though, because I feel like, you know, because I would have loved to see a bit more of the present day timeline, actually see what Boba's doing post the Mandalorian. But it's a shame because you sort of can't help but feel that way. Like it almost, you almost feel like you are kind of wasting time when you are stuck in like the prior, the prior storyline. Well, at least that that's like how I sort of can't help but feel. You know, it's a shame that I do have to kind of take a step back and be like, no, no, that's all, that is all um, valuable stuff, you know, actually building on this character and, and telling this story. But you can't help but feel like you are sort of biding your time a bit until we get back to the quote-unquote important stuff, you know. But no, I, I, I don't want to undermine any of that past Tuscan stuff, because that was all very entertaining. I really liked it. Yeah, that was uh, very good. Oh, guys, this is very annoying. I've just realised, after having completed that 50-minute-long commentary, that I didn't have it set to record on my microphone, my external microphone, the good microphone that doesn't sound like... <laughs> A bad word that I was about to say, but I can't be bothered to censor it. So I won't say the word, but you can imagine it. Oh, that's really annoying. And I think that must be what happened with my final episode of 2021 as well. The episode before last. I think I must have forgotten to switch that one over as well, because that one sounded not great as well. Damn it. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> because now the commentary is probably quite, well, not fun to listen to. Never mind, hey. You live and you learn. I'll definitely be checking from now on, making sure that it is set to the right one. But hey, at least I've realised in time for this little discussion about the future of the High Republic that I want to get onto. Let me just quickly hop on to StarWars.com, where, uh, where the news is at. Wave 3 of the first phase of the High Republic has kicked off with the release of The Fallen Star, the novel by Claudia Gray, 
which I'm currently making my way through, and obviously I'll definitely be doing an episode on that once I've finished it, but needless to say, I'm really quite enjoying it. I do have some things to say. A lot of positive, perhaps some negative, who knows? But um, yeah, as just a broad opinion right now, I am very much enjoying The Fallen Star. The High Republic continues to be something that I am very much in love with. But they, since it's been a whole year now since The High Republic kicked off, which is crazy because it sort of feels longer than that for me, (laughs) for some reason. Not in a bad way, though. Like, I kind of feel like it's just been... I mean, all the content we've received and sort of everything new that we've had and the journey that these characters have been off uh, throughout these three uh, waves of the first phase just feels like it's been a lot. Not too much. I don't mean that when I say a lot, but just, you know, a lot of stuff has happened. And uh, to think that it's all happened in the span of a year for us as readers uh, is quite something. But um, there was an anniversary special. I think this was on the High Republic show on the Star Wars YouTube channel, if I'm not mistaken, which I didn't see because I'm not actually subscribed to the Star Wars YouTube channel anymore. Only because of what I was talking about earlier (laughs) when I said that I intend not to watch sort of trailers and stuff anymore. And I sort of don't think I can stop myself from doing that unless I sort of (laughs) separate myself from these things. So I've cut ties to various uh, franchises on YouTube, Star Wars included. So if this was part of the High Republic show, I might go and check it out. Oh yeah, it says right here. Uh, There's a a very special guest, dazzling anniversary edition of the Star Wars The High Republic show. So... Yeah, it was on YouTube, so I'll probably go back and watch it, to be fair. But yeah, there's an article here on StarWars.com of 10 things that we learned, and these are some very interesting, surprising things for me. So, first of all, Phase 2, which is dubbed Quest of the Jedi, um, which I wonder if that'll be the first, the title of the first novel, as was the case with Light of the Jedi, Phase 1 itself is dubbed Light of the Jedi, so I wonder if Quest of the Jedi is perhaps the next title of the next novel that we will be seeing. But uh, it begins in October 2022, so got to wait till the autumn before we get it, but I mean, well, actually I was going to say it's fine, and of course it is fine, I'll wait as long as we need to, but um, I was hoping for summer again. Yeah, man, that is actually really quite a long time, like 10 months now. I mean, I suppose we are going to be getting things in between, like, some of the uh, material. I mean, comics are always ongoing anyway, but um, for me, like, my main bread and butter... Is that the right use of that phrase? I'm not sure. But what I really uh, anticipate um, with these various waves of the High Republic is the novels. So to think that I won't be getting another one of those until October is quite saddening, but... um, but hey, it's nice to have a release date anyway, or at least a you know a, a, an idea of when we can start expecting things from the new wave, the new phase. But here's the most, the, the very interesting thing to me, which took me by surprise. Phase two won't be picking up where we leave off. Phase two will follow a very familiar Star Wars storytelling order, and step into the past, 150 years in the past to be exact, for new tales that serve as prequels. To what we've experienced so far. So, yeah, I gotta say, 
that is the main reason I wanted to, to talk about this, because that took me completely by surprise and off guard. I was having a cheeky look while I was at work, and that is the main bit of information that I saw. And yeah, I gotta say, my immediate reaction was disappointment. Like, after the surprise, I was like, oh, because I love all these new characters, you know, uh, Indira Stokes, who, thank you, Claudia Gray, has a starring role so far in The Fallen Star. Um, but, you know, Belzetafar, Buriaga, um, Stellan Geos, Elzar Man, you know, everyone involved, um, even if they're not, like, my favourite character ever, you know, I'm still invested in their stories, their characters, I want to see what happens with them. And obviously I've still got the rest of the Fallen Star to read first before I even find out what happens to all of these characters. But, you know, I so desperately want to carry on with their stories and, and to be with them <laughs> that uh, when I saw that, to see that we're actually, yeah, much like the filmic Star Wars stories for this next block of stories, we are, yeah, looking at some prequels. But once I sort of got over that, then the excitement came, and I was like, well, actually, you know, it's only been a year of the High Republic, and yet I'm so in love with all of these new characters. I'm so invested in their stories and their characters. And now we're going to get new characters and new stories. And I get to feel, hopefully, obviously, depending on if it works for me personally, um, but, you know, I have faith in all of these creators. And there's some new names as well, which we'll be getting into in a minute, uh, joining the High Republic family and the, the people that contribute to this amazing series. So, you know, now we've got new things to look forward to. And, you know, it didn't take me long at all to, to find myself being super invested in the High Republic, you know, the first go round. So, yeah, maybe we are stepping away from uh, the characters that we have come to know, but now we get to fall in love with new characters all over again. So that was when I, um, you know, I, I had an, an initial kind of knee-jerk reaction, but I'm over it now, and uh, I'm excited to see what comes. The next point is the Star Wars family of authors is growing, so we have some new authors. Um, Zoraida Cordova, who I think I may have mispronounced her name, I do apologise. George Mann, Tessa Grattan, and Lydia Kang will be joining the crew, contributing books and comics to Phase 2. Cordova previously penned the young adult novel Star Wars A Crash of Fate, as well as other Star Wars short stories. Mann, who wrote the in-universe books Myths and Fables and Darker Legends, among others, previously collaborated with Scott, uh, that's Cavan Scott, for The Life Day Treasury, and has also contributed to The High Republic, as the author of the picture books Shadow, uh, Shadow, Showdown at the Fair, and the soon-to-be-released The Battle for Starlight. And he did The the Great Jedi Rescue as well, didn't he? That was the one for uh, Wave 1. It might not have been called that, but Rescue, Jedi Rescue something. Kang contributed to, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back last year with a story that focused on medical droid 21B. Grattan is also a relative newcomer to Star Wars, although she'll contribute... A short story to the forthcoming anthology, Star Wars Stories of Jedi and Sith. So that's very interesting. Now, unlike the five initial creators involved with the first phase of the High Republic, um, I am unfam 
Wait, I don't actually know how I started that sentence. <laughs> the point I was going to make is that I'm unfamiliar with all of these creators. I know a couple of them by name, Zoraida Cordova and George Mann, um, but I've never read any of their work. And, I mean, yeah, that's about all I have to say about that. We'll be, It'll be interesting to see how they shape up in this new phase and sort of, you know, just see if that means, you know, these, the initial creators, you know, Charles Soule, Kevin Scott, Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, and Daniel Jose Alder, you know, are they going to take a bit of a back seat? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Although perhaps the rest of this article will actually <laughs> tell me that. The fourth point seemingly answers this question, actually. Um, Kevin Scott will once again be writing a Marvel comic series. With the first issue slated for October, Scott will helm the flagship Marvel comic series for the era. The first year has been a wild ride, Scott said, in part because of the outpouring of love from the fans. In fact, Scott bumped into cosplayers of Avar Chris and Vanestra Rowe at the first convention he attended in many months. Charles Soule will be exploring a hero's origin story, fresh off the two-part Marvel series Eye of the Storm, which is the upcoming Mar Martian Rowe backstory. Charles will be writing about Porter and Engel's past for another Marvel Comics series that will reveal how the Jedi turned cook became known as the Blade of Bardotta. It ties into storytelling I've been doing for Star Wars for years, Sol hinted. The special also revealed this intriguing concept art of a, the younger Porter by artist Jeff Thomas. Now, that is something that will be very interesting to look at because... I feel like Porter probably has become a, a, something of a fan favourite. Um, he's not my favourite character from the High Republic by any means, but I certainly enjoyed his presence, particularly in Light of the Jedi, where he is, you know, quite a jolly old man who, you know, is just cooking now. Uh, but obviously, we, he, it is alluded to that he has this past. He is known of the blade as the blade of Bardotta, which I can finally correct myself, and I feel like this is such a me thing to say because I've been hanging on this to, uh, for months. But uh, I do think that in my Light of the Jedi review, I mistakenly said the blade of Bartuk, which is just a word I totally made up. But he is the blade of Bardotta. That's what he's known as, and yeah, we're going to find out how that nickname came to be. And it is a very interesting piece of concept art that they've released alongside it as well. We can't really see anything, just Porter's face, and he's like shrouded in black cloak, uh, you know, a black cloak, black robes. Not looking very Jedi-like, I must say, so perhaps he's got quite a dark history. And I have faith in Charles Soul, yeah, writing that. It just seems like absolutely the kind of thing he wants to do and will be great at doing. Daniel Jose Older is moving on to Dark Horse Comics. The first announced title from the return of Dark Horse Comics, Older will write an all-ages original graphic novel for Star Wars The High Republic Adventures, which will be out this fall. You can get some hints to Phase 2 in Star Wars The High Republic Mission to Disaster. Islands, so this is Justina Islands, third wave middle grade novel has been delayed to March 1st, 2022, but when it hits store shelves, it will include some key connections to the upcoming Phase 2 storytelling, so that's going to be interesting. And then Justina Ireland will be teaming up with Tessa Grattan in Phase 2. The duo will co-write the first young adult novel in the first wave of Phase 2. Okay, so Justina Ireland sticking around for that, but just this time she'll have a co-writer. Claudia Gray is staying as silent as Geode about what's next for her. Gray confirmed she's contributing, but can't reveal anything about her part of the project yet. Phase 2 is an era of exploration and invention. One, I think, is fascinating, and two, I'm not going anywhere. That's what she said, so 
that's good. And uh, according to Grey, not everybody survives Star Wars The High Republic, The Fallen Star. Yeah, which I sort of already knew. They have not been shy about letting that information out <laughs> in the marketing for that book. You know, from the get-go, it was like Starlight Beacon is going down and you are going <laughs> to be sad. So I am eagerly anticipating, but also very afraid to uh, finish The Fallen Star. But yeah, that was just 10 little points about the upcoming Phase 2 of The High Republic. And it was quite a shock to realise, you know, I never would have expected that they would sort of take a step back like this, just in terms of the, you know, the way they want to tell the story, actually, you know, literally taking the step back in time. Uh, but, you know, if this is what they planned from the beginning, then I'm sure it's all going to go well and we're in capable hands, um, as all of these creators have proven. So, yeah, exciting stuff. But I've still got a whole novel and, obviously, more books to come. I still need to read, you know, the various books from the previous waves of phase one anyway that I still haven't read, you know, I'm still <laughs> still on to Into the Dark, and, you know, I've got Out of the Shadows, I've got A Test of Courage, um, I need to get updated on the comics, so there's a lot for me to get through um, until then, and hopefully I can be all caught up by the time phase two rolls around, and if I've got until October, I feel like there's a good chance I will be. But yeah, that's that's that. That's all I wanted to say about the upcoming High Republic Phase 2. So yeah, that'll do me for now. I'm very sorry about the sound quality during the <laughs> audio commentary. I'm really bummed out about that. I was hoping for this new year, this new season, season 3 now, of Daniel Talks About Star Wars. I was hoping for some real, like, good consistency. But uh, I've already failed <laughs> in that department, which is a shame, but never mind. But hey. Until next episode, whether that be another episode of Boba Fett or my review of The Fallen Star, or something else entirely, we'll just have to see. But thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>